What's up? It's me, Isaac, your podcast host, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we all define our own perspectives and the people who have an opinion about it. Now, continuing on with our next series on creators. Creating isn't all of us. So why not explore what that means to people keeping that spirit alive? In the next few episodes, we'll hear from a variety of artists in their perspective field, making meaningful experiences out of their life's work. Everything has an art, if you're curious enough. And sometimes if you're lucky to see past the inner critic, you get to see what that curiosity can make. The way I see it, life imitates art from its creator. So with that in mind, this is Personal Brand Undefined with guest Max Shannon. First of all, thank you for uh, for coming on with me. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about kind of how this is going to go. This is new to me, and I've been kind of snowballing into this whole thing, and it's been pretty fun. This series that I have you on is a creator series, and uh, I just kind of want it to be about the process of getting something done. I knew of you like in 2016, or around that time when Stellar came out. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so around that time, I was like, man, I really like this. I have it on today for you. <laughs> um, fire, 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 so, bro. I love it. Yeah. And so when I found Stellar, I, I wanted to know who were the people behind it. And so I researched it. And from then to now, I've seen aesthetically how you created your brand and really who you are as a person, which I feel for you, both of those things are one of the same. You know, it's not separate from you. It is you. And I think having you on and learning more about the journey you've had and combining all of the different interests that you have to create this like lifestyle brand can be valuable for people to hear about. So thank you again. Amazing. Yeah. Well, first off, what's a little bit about you, bro? Give me like a little bit of your background and what you've been doing. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I am a personal trainer and a massage therapist by trade. I've been doing that for a span of 10 years or 11 years now because I'm 31. But before that, my first passion was Shout out 30. <laughs> hey, 30 is we out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a fake year last year with the shutdown. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, so I've been doing that for 11 years. But before that, my first passion was film and video. But when I made the switch over to kind of health and wellness after taking a semester off of college to go to massage school, that's where I realized I really enjoyed working with injuries and how the human body moves. So wellness started to catch my interest during that time. And so when I went back to school, I changed my major to athletic training. I did that for a couple of years. But in between semester breaks, I actually ended up getting more out of the education I wanted outside of school. So I started traveling across the country for different certifications. And because of that, I left school and started working, getting tons of experience. And occasionally I would tap into my RT side throughout that time, but mainly stayed on the more analytical side of my brain with uh, personal training. But what I realized was that my visual arts background was what made me develop my own perspective within kind of the, the fitness industry, especially with massage, which to me, looking back, was my art form during that time. I, it made me see the body and working out with a different kind of eye. So the connections I started to make between all of those different things actually led me back to school again to pursue uh, psychology. So I want to finish hey, that. Nice. Yeah. So I want to finish that. 
and maybe like the last three years I've been reflecting and like analyzing my own process to figure out what makes my perspective different. So um, in doing that, it, it reignited kind of the creative in me again. And so I started doing some creative projects like this podcast with a few other things. And it's really helped me kind of formulate my own sort of philosophy on health and wellness by combining like the mental, the physical and the creative aspects of what I think is like the foundation of being able to do what you want, you know, or see the world how you want. And so this project kind of synonymous. Yeah. And so I like to simplify things. And from what I would notice, everything in life seems to go back to those three things, which is training, recovery and creating, you know, being able to train for what you want, working out the physicality of life, taking care of yourself and, you know, having the mindset to, to have self-care and then making things, creating something with all of that. And so this project, the way I set it up can look different for everyone, but it, but it will always be grounded on those three things that I've noticed. I want to have conversations where we define what that looks like to different people, because I don't think we have this perspective in the fitness industry in a concrete way. If it does, it becomes almost maybe too abstract and you start to lose people. But this perspective should be highlighted because it's really why we work out. You know what I mean? We move to get stronger so we can go to work, so we can be a lawyer, so we can be a doctor, so we can be an artist, be a mother, father, friend, partner, whatever it is. You know, that's why we put in work. And so creatives and people like you who have that kind of perspective are really important to be represented in that industry so that people can learn from that practice. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, you sound super, like, familiar. Like, everything that everything that yeah. you're saying just sounds like my little journey through. I like, dip my hands, obviously, in so many different worlds. Um, and, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of, kind of start from the beginning, really. Yeah. Um, so I, like, started making clothing, like, T-shirts and stickers for uh, my homies. You know, I surfed and skated and snowboarded growing up. And uh, me and a buddy of mine kind of, like, have always been into, like, fashion. And we grew up in, like, a small, like, uh, college town where, like, being progressive in that world wasn't really, like, I don't say, like, accepted, but it wasn't really, like, a thing, you know. So mm-hmm. we always kind of felt a little held back by, like, our location and where we were. And so I always felt like I, you know, once I, I was ready to like move on and, and, and leave like Flagstaff, I love Flagstaff. It was a great place for my childhood. But when I came to like expanding and, and being around that opportunity that I wanted to seize or that I knew that I needed, like I knew I had to be somewhere else. You know, the brand in the beginning was not necessarily, I didn't want to get like into fashion. I didn't go to design school. Um, that wasn't really like my plan. Uh, I wanted to be a part of like communities and I wanted to be like on like the, the like the sponsorship side of things i wanted to create events bring people together and just be kind of this like uh communal hub from that it turned into like a little bit more with like age and with my like aesthetic changing and just kind of understanding the process that got more into like cut and sew and a little bit more specific into like the design process and the whole fashion industry i I moved to new york right after that um i was back in california for a little bit but i came to new york and uh you know getting getting settled here is is a process no doubt about it like it's expensive it's a little like overwhelming and you first come out here you're just like what what am I doing you know <laughs> yeah. um but putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations is obviously hard for people in general just whenever, whenever someone faces an uncomfortable situation there's hesitation and there's that like uh, fear of a failure of not liking it of making that wrong choice but I mean that's really the only way you grow and the only way you learn you know when it comes yeah. to like uh, moving to a new place uh, starting a new company, uh, going out on your own, going on a new date, you know, like yeah. trying a new drug, whatever it is, yeah. you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an experience that like you have that teaches you now uh, a new process of thinking or a new way of going about your life, you know, yeah. and uh, if were you, you always like that? It, 
Uh, yeah, actually, I've always, that's kind of yeah. something that I've always been like consistent. I've always been like a person to put myself in uncomfortable situations. Like, I mean, I also, I, I guess part of my personality is like, I, I definitely was like against like the curve, like when everybody was doing this, I wanted to do that. You know, I grew up in high school, all the homies were like partying and doing this. And then I don't know, I just, I just didn't want to party, you know, like when I was younger, you know, just because everybody was doing it. And then like, you know, everyone was playing like this sport or this sport. And then I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do this because no one's doing this, you know? And then, and then it got, yeah, that's just, that's the vibe, you know? Like I was, yeah. I, was the, I was the first male cheerleader in Flagstaff, Arizona to ever exist. What? You know, like, yeah. So I came in like, uh, you know, I had a gymnastics background. I played soccer my whole life and I was just getting tired of lacing up the boots and I want to try something different. And, and uh, I was in, uh, <clears throat> I was in uh, gym one night, and a couple guys who were cheerleaders at, at NAU, cool dudes, tatted up, you know, rode bikes. They brought in like, you know, the whole NAU cheer squad. And I'm in middle school, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're doing tumbling, and they bring me over for, you know, some tumbling routines. I get to show off and flex a little bit in front of the girls, and then they start <laughs> doing some partner partner stunning, and they kind of mm-hmm. like bring me on a little bit. And I'm like, wow, this is like cool different not necessarily stereotypical like idea that it usually gets you know and, and I was just like you know what let, let me let me just try something different and so that summer before I went to my first actual like public like high school uh, I went into like uh, <laughs> I went into this gym of like 60 females and myself and I'm just like let's go you know like and I, I came hey. into like a tumbling pass did a couple basket tosses and like you know from then on, like uh, each high school in Flagstaff ended up having at least two to three male cheerleaders post that year happening. So like doing those things that just were like a little bit different. I liked challenging myself and again, putting myself in that uncomfortable situation to remind myself that I'm going to get better from it, whether I learn from it or, I mean, always I'm going to learn for it, whether it like takes me further in that direction or steers me away from it. Um, I literally try to embrace those moments like in full because I think they're so important, you know, when it comes to like, again, growing up in Flagstaff and deciding I'm going to move to New York, you know, again, yeah. like I moved with like a thousand bucks in my pocket, you know, my pops was like, why are you moving to, I, oh, let me rewind. I was in Huntington Beach and me and two of my buddies were going to move to San Diego to really like jump this brand off. And uh, <clears throat> uh, we came out here for, I want to say Christmas that year. Uh, and my dad was like, you know, you want to get into fashion, you want to do this, like, why are you looking at San Diego? Because prior to that, we went down there a few weekends in a row, and it was just kind of quiet. And like, even though it was like a city, it still wasn't like maybe the right city to be in. So we kind of like looked around and my dad's like, yeah, like, why don't you look into New York and take this a little bit like more like serious. And my dad's always been a big advocate for New York. And uh, fuck it. And so we just like packed our stuff and drove across country and said, let's figure it out, you know. So moving to New York was my first big, big move of being like, all right, I'm going to find an opportunity and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dive head in. You're like, all right, now I need money. I got to pay this crazy rent. <laughs> I'm going out. Drinks are $15, you know, like yeah. everything is going to end up, you know, it was just like, yeah. I was like, all right, I got myself into something. I'm in a loft with like three other homies, no walls, <laughs> no nothing. How do we bring girls home? What do we do? Like, you know, it was like the whole situation was yeah. like, different you know and uh there's something about like people who move like to a different state that is really cool because like you know no one right so you have to explore and put yourself out there and new york really lends itself to talk you can talk to anyone and you start a little bond it might be like a five minute bond but that like i feel like new york kind of embodies that so i'm sure it was fun creating that environment well, yeah like the, the scariness of new york that people think about really isn't as scary you know like when, when people think that people are mean or things are just like heavy and hard and whatever yeah not like it's definitely like uh i mean don't get me wrong it has that like aesthetic of being like intimidating but like yeah. when you get here 
the train systems are closer, the people are friendlier and like everybody is just a lot more welcoming. And, and when you find yourself and move in the right circles, like it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family is really important to you, right? Like I've, I've seen that you've shown that as well. But the journey and learning how family contributed to uh, your work ethic and your creativity, how did the patience in discovering that take form in your craft? I'm super close to my family, my direct family, you know, like my sister's like my other half, my father's like my best friend, and I'm a mama's boy at heart, you know, we're, we're Jewish and my dad has always taught me, you know, the value of financing and being prepared and, and having freedom um, based on your financial situation, you know, and being sure you have your hard work and, you know, there's a place for everything. I was taught lessons all the time growing up, you know, my dad loves to like teach, you know, and whether he like uh, is doing it on purpose or not, he definitely shows me a lot. And I've always been a very much of like a, a caretaker. And then like my mother was like, you know, brought me up in athletics and she taught, she first taught me how to kick a soccer ball and she first taught me how to throw a baseball. And, um, and my sister has been a great support system. Um, and my family has just been unconditionally supportive. Me moving from Arizona all the way to New York and still like with how close we all are. And you know, I see my family on a, you know, I used to see them on a daily basis and, you know, I still talk to them every day. And it was just, it was just really necessary to have that support and that love from them to make me able to continue and feel comfortable about this journey. And then obviously moving out here and, and you know, I had a good community of friends, you know, coming back up on the West Coast too, but like my, the, the people and the family has just grown into a new beast out here. And uh, again, you, you you kind of fall into uh, similarities with friends or with relationships or people you hang out with, whether it's you kind of start dressing the same, you kind of start wearing the same kind of, or, or listening to the same kind of music, going to the same spaces. It's just natural. You start to feed off each other. And I'm very much a fan of like individuality. I love how everyone like has their own thing, but there's there's little pieces you take from the people you surround yourself with. And, uh, you know, I got into uh, bartending as my first gig out in the city, and it just kind of like uh, was a great way to meet a bunch of cool people that were all had similar, similar interests. And then from there, um, you know, I had melted into personal training because I just lived in a gym like my whole life through gymnastics and like aesthetics. I knew there was like a way to do things to look a certain way. You know, like I knew like, that you had to like do these kind of exercises to build this sort of aesthetic to be able to like accomplish this kind of movement, you know, and I, that, I like the process of that, you know, I went to school for accounting and figuring things out and finding the answer. And that's always been like what intrigued me by it. And a little bit, I know that my junior year in cost accounting would come around and I would want to kill myself because this shit was crazy. It was so hard, bro. Accounting was... <laughs> Not the move in the end, but again, I uh, got through it and then I got yeah. out here and anyways, got off topic, but were you ever an accountant for real? I, I worked, so my dad has a CPA firm Okay. and naturally I, I worked under him for a little bit throughout college and like mm -hmm. towards the last little bit. Cause I was, you know, kind of in the mindset of, you know, getting my, my two years experience and then sitting for the CPA exam and doing that whole like world. And, um, even when I first declared my major, my dad was like, you're crazy. What are you doing getting into accounting? So my dad had a very different world of accounting my dad uh did accounting and kind of the music business he was like a business manager for a lot of amazing artists but like this is all before i was born but he had a whole my dad is a very like a non-traditional accountant you know always wearing chucks both his ears pierced parties That's harder cool. than i do you know like he's, <laughs> he's a beast but um did any of those skills in accounting did you make any uh connections in how it helps you today other than the obvious of like you know keeping books stuff like that but do you see any of the skills in the art that you make? 
to be completely honest, like I don't refer to it too much. What I what I really could say I, I take from it these days is just kind of my like work ethic, you know, like I had to work hard in college. I had to work hard to achieve that degree. Like it was tough. And then, and, and that's what I feel like is so cool about school in general. Don't get me wrong. If people follow their education. They get jobs in it. But like the, the real the real benefit from getting that education i feel like is your discipline like martial arts right like you like mm -hmm. as a kid you're like i'm breaking these little boards i'm getting my belts but it really teaches you so much more uh, than just like fighting you know it really mm -hmm. teaches you how to walk through life and how to uh hold yourself and how to like treat people and and schooling you know is kind of that in the same way of like work ethic and, and what I needed to do to get to that next step and and being outgoing and, and being more of an extrovert and forcing myself to like put myself in uncomfortable situations in order to reap the benefit later yeah and that's New York too right so you get there and you get into bartending so how did yeah, that yeah, lead yeah. into the next thing which is personal training um started I started at the standard hotel it was wild. It was like two years that they got started. Like they just launched two years ago, I want to say, before I got there. And this was 2000 and the beginning of 2010 now. And, you know, they were getting all this press. Andre Balaz opened up this new space. They had, they had people, you know, people having sex in the windows. They had people wow. coming around. It was just a very crazy hotel <laughs> that had kind of no, like, boundaries they had these yeah. like, crazy bingo nights on sundays that would just get wild crazy celebrities would come through it was a wild place to like start my like new york venture um but you know i worked my way up there i actually started i started bar backing and then i moved my way into bartending and i, and I learned how to like properly tend bar i've always appreciated like learning crafts you know i like learning ritual when it comes to like you know actually bartending i mean simple as like rolling a joint you know i really enjoyed mm. how to do things you know i like i'm a perfectionist you know dude yeah no yeah i'm the same way when i learned how to roll one i was with a group of friends who are like weed aficionados and i was like you know what i want to learn so they go like you got to learn the basics you got to do it all by hand don't get a grinder don't get a pre-roll just do it I, i'm like all right i'm ready so i'm sitting there and i'm laser focused learning like every part of it you know because it's an art you know making one it, doing process, the grind bro. yeah 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 like do it with your hands see how it feels how much can you take from that to make it better for the next time you know, if you go from the beginning to the end or A to B, there's no real appreciation for that, like, end, ending result when it comes to making clothes, when it comes to working on your body, when it comes to rolling a joint, whatever it is, your process with your work, whatever it is, if you just get to a place, to a finish point without experiencing the process, the, the value is just so much less, you know, you yeah. don't appreciate it the same way. So, yeah. like, whatever you're doing, like, make sure you, like, sit back and, like, appreciate the good times the bad times and, and everything in between because once you get to that that other side of it you're like just have such a, a greater love and, and appreciation again you know yeah. so yeah I was bartending and uh one of my barbacks actually was in a band with uh another friend of mine who had been established as a personal trainer uh in the city at a, at a very cool little private studio and I heard like the money he was making and I was a couple years into bartending. And honestly, I was just like, you know, I was drinking five nights a week and partying like that. And I was just like, this is tough. I, I need, I need a little bit of change. Not only, not only was that tough on my body, but I was like, I want to be on the other side of the bar, you know, even though I, I learned this craft, but now I was ready to move on and like be there and appreciate it from that side. Mm -hmm. So, um, I got in contact with his bandmate who was already a trainer and he was working out of a private studio in Flatiron. And uh, the studio is owned by this guy, Rich Beretta, who was Mr. America in 87. And this guy is a like, legend. You know, he definitely mm -hmm. 
like understands the anatomy and training to like he's got it locked in and I I was fortunate enough to to meet him and uh have him take me under his wing and I and I studied under him for like probably about three months before he started throwing some clients at me um and we kind of started off of like a, a thrillist what is it a thrillist promotion and uh so everyone kind of came in I kind of worked for nothing in the beginning and I built my book and as long as you were able you know because this whole trading gym was all word of mouth there was no like I want to apply to be a trainer at Rich Beretta it was like no this trainer put me on he vouches for you he's going to come in and if you don't do or you don't like live up to the space it's on that trainer that brought you in you know mm -hmm. so like you really were like particular about who you wanted to bring into the circle what takes a good trainer aside from being like knowledgeable and 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 being able to give people results like having that that, that persona you know those those people skills is really like today these people have to come and see you when they want to do something that they don't want to do more than anything you know like yeah. so they come in and Talk you know, a little, you know. Yeah, talk a little bit of, about that, because I think a lot of trainers struggle with that reality. You know, yeah, people want to get healthy and they want to look good, but there's a lot that comes with that. And you also have to build a business. So having the people skills first to deal with like different types of people, New York City really prepares you for that. Because every successful New York trainer I met understands that and they know how to do that very well. Because I think that's everything. I'm, that's why there's a zillion trainers out here, because also like, you know, like it, it doesn't necessarily take like, oh, I got the craziest new like workout for you or I'm going to like, like, that's not what people really want. You know, like people definitely want to be in shape and they want the aesthetic part of it, but they want to be able to enjoy themselves while they're there, you know, and, and you are the only one that's going to be able to really create that for them. And uh, being a good trainer takes being like a good interacting human you know yeah, yeah you have to be able to communicate well with these people um and so yeah coming out here like i just i, I just kind of fell into it you know i've always been very inviting and, and warm as a, as a person in general and uh throwing on top of it you know that i did know like what i was doing and i was studying under like a really amazing person and i was able to just build a, a good clientele and and, and rock out a, a solid business for the past like eight nine years yeah nice nice so around that time is that what you started to develop more of Stellar? So, so Stellar, okay. So Stellar first initiated, like I said, with like, like teas and stickers for the homies when I was in college. Me and a buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy Sandoval, uh, he developed the logo and he was like my creative counterpart. Then I've always been like a, a fit guy. You know, I like, I've always been very conscientious of how I wear things or how people wear things or how things should be worn or like, you know, like I can appreciate all styles as long as, you know, they're done right, you know, I, I and uh, so from, from there, um, it, it molded a little bit more into cut and sew when I got back from Hawaii, and then kind of once I came to New York, after a couple of years of establishing uh, myself and my financial situation and being a trainer, I dove back in. I, I was connected with a couple other people, because that's another thing, too, is you, you need help with everything, you know, like, it's not like doing all, anything like solo, like, is just, not realistic you know and whether you like to admit it or not like your community and like your support system is so crucial you know and uh so i was connected through um some other friends to a guy who actually had experience with production and a lot overseas and he worked heavy with like body glove and doc martin and um and a bunch of other brands but he was he was an old head that understood how to get stuff done and made um so we we connected and we started working together and uh 
it was, it was a good year and a half of just figuring out just fabrics, you know, and just yeah, how I wanted I to do it. And we started off with one fabric, you know, we didn't, we, we started off as minimal and as simple as possible. So I've always been like, kind of like not anti-logo, but like when I was younger, I definitely wanted like the, the people to express the clothing. I didn't necessarily want the clothing to express mm. the people. Like the, the concept behind the brand is, uh, is about being behind like movement artists of all different mm. types, you know, whether it comes to like, like athletics or music or food or you know the way to just kind of move through life whatever it is both physical and mental movements is what I wanted to like embody and how do I keep that as simple but progressive um and still let the people be and the individual be able to kind of like speak for themselves as opposed to clothing kind of speak for who they are so I wanted and everyone's like wow you gotta get your logo on here you want to know knows what this is and blah blah blah. and that just wasn't it wasn't the mission for me you know And and I definitely like appreciate brands that love to blast logos and like I, I wear it myself too and you know we all kind of all like ebb and flow through our styles and, and and like different things along the way but I wanted something timeless I wanted like a, a uniform for life and that was yeah. kind of like the whole initial like space of where it came from and uh I started uh <clears throat> doing cut and sew about two years into uh personal training uh one of my buddies and my my another business partner and one of my best friends dan wood um he came in as a personal trainer off of a new york sports club Mm. um and so dan came in through another friend and him and i just clicked and under he kind of also came from a small town upstate in oneonta so he also had that same kind of like fashion forward kind of like idea but kind of was held back by his location and where he was and i guess you again going off of your situation of where you are and adapting to it I was making like tanks and tees and stuff based on like skate, snow and surf. And then once I got into personal training, I didn't want to wear the Nike stuff that was out. I didn't want to wear Lululemon. A couple of these other like athleisure brand stuff that were coming out weren't really like what I wanted, you know, and, and I, whatever, whatever I would get with, with like clothing, I've always had this idea of like altering it a little bit to kind of making it my own. Like I've just always wanted to make it a little bit different because I know a bunch of people already have that. Piece, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's, to make it a little different. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to aspire to be. That's kind of next for me because that was also me where I worked. So you saying that is funny because I would come in wearing a piece from some brand I had found and I really liked that wasn't Lululemon and Nike. And at the gym I was at, it was a corporate gym. So we would all wear their uniform and everyone would sort of look the same. So if you wanted to show your personality, it would mostly have to be through your shoes. But outside of that, I would be the one to find other brands that were doing different cuts or using different materials. And people would ask, where'd you get that? And I would say, oh, it's this new brand and just start oh, talking cool. about it. So that's yeah, pretty cool. I mean, again, I would just, we wanted to be something like, you know, different. Not that everybody was wearing. I didn't want to look like another like training robot. You know, I wanted my own style. And I wanted yeah. my own my own little swag, you know? Yeah. And you know what? There's an audience for that type of approach. It's not as obvious or as popular as the commercial brands, but, but an example is the way I found you. I was searching for those types of things and now things just pop up on your feed based on what you like. And it's easy for people to buy, which is great for people who like that. But I was always one to find the unknown artist brand or musician. Like those were the things I gravitated towards because to me, there's something more authentic to that process than just the commercial appeal, you know? Even the way I'm doing this and for a lot of the things I do sort of made me a little bit scared because, yeah, I don't have a huge reach or audience. And so building one the way I want to do it, I had to look at all the accounts that I follow because it was like there's popularity there. There's interest in the way that's done. It may not have commercial numbers, but there's a sense of community that's created with people who vibe with how you do things. Yeah. How did you stumble across Stellar? The GQ article is how I found Stellar. 
Oh, cool. So that's kind of how yeah, I found we had you. this. Yeah, yeah, we had like this like amazing title off that article. Like I think the the header read, "If Rick Owens made workout clothes, it would look something like this." Yes. And that like, I mean, that was amazing. Uh, shout out Megan Gustashaw who wrote that article for us. Um, yeah. but she uh, she hit it on the head. She like saw it and like presented it in the right way, and then. And then before you knew it, we were popping up in Rick Owens forums on like Facebook and this and all these, these like pages and fan pages. And, um, and that was, yeah, that was how we got into it. And that was yeah. how, that was, that was how uh, I realized this is what like, this is what I want to do. So also the way I kind of got into fashion, um, not having a fashion or design background was pulling pieces that I like. I'm kind of a, a clothing collector, not in a sense of like a hoarding way, but I definitely like find pieces that I love and I like hold on to my pieces that I've had like forever because I like that fit or I like that drape or I like, I've, I've been much more of a shape person than and like a fabric and a hand feel person than necessarily like, like logos and like message bringing clothing. Um, yeah. So I talked to Dan, I was like, look, I don't want to wear this. We talk about it all the time. He doesn't want to wear this. I got a little bit of a financial pillow behind me that I was like, all right, I'm ready to like really do this. I'm really ready to like make some pieces as opposed to doing these like sample pieces that I've done for, you know, years. I was ready to actually make a collection and, and, and do this the right way. Uh, and I spent a good year and a half with Dan just kind of pulling pieces, bringing them to tailors, finding fabrics in the garment district, bringing them to other sample makers. Um, and just learning the whole process that goes behind it from, you know, creating tech packs to, you know, to markers, to cut, to sew, to first prototypes, second prototypes, yeah. to creating press releases, to, to launching a brand, really. And then this yeah. is all kind of before, like you were saying, all these things are popping up and you had to search for things or whatever. And like promotional like ads through like Facebook or Instagram, it wasn't, just wasn't really a thing yet, you know, so mm -hmm. I was still trying to even figure that out. I, mean, I remember when Instagram came out, you know, and I was like, you know, taking photos. And yeah. like, what is this? You I know? refused to get on it in the beginning. I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Me too. Right in the beginning. I, thought, I was like, how old are you? I'm 31. 31. That's right. That's right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're right there. I'm I, right. I just turned 30. Oh, I turned 34 in February. So yeah, same oh, okay. realm. We're in this nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, just the clothing was, uh, was my first stamp on, 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 on jumping back into creating a brand which has now turned into more than just like clothing it's it's yeah. who i am you know yeah so as a trainer and, and a creator how does your understanding of the human body contribute to seeing functionality to the end product that you made mm. uh so again all my all my product is was built for function that was like yeah. one of the main like focal points too you know like I'd get a, a, I'd have a Nike piece that I did like, you know, and I would wear it four times. And before you knew it, like I'd wash it in the first 15 seconds I'd be wearing, it, it would smell weird. You know, it was before antimicrobial was really like a thing. This was like old synthetic fabrics that, that were just like athletic, you know, they didn't necessarily have that function. They just had that hand feel or that look or that fit. And uh, so I knew that I wanted to like, I wanted stuff that didn't smell bad. I wanted the fits to be a little bit oversized, but I wanted to still be functional. You know, the, the, the shorts that we made, we dropped, for example, we dropped all the pockets down about two inches because we wanted to create four different lengths out of two pairs of shorts, you know, so you could have one roll on each of the ribbing and still have like a short short, kind of a little bit longer, a long short, maybe a little bit longer as well. I wanted that functionality behind it. I wanted that antimicrobial to keep it from smelling. I wanted that moisture wicking that pulled the sweat away from your body into the outside of the garment so you're not sitting there with this t-shirt stuck in your and I started with black also because it also hides that you know it hides that sweat it hides that 
and it doesn't stain, you know, it, it's like time, it lasts forever. Like this clothing is built to last like forever. I want you to like have this wardrobe of simplicity. I want you to open up your drawer or open up your closet and grab two things blindfolded and it just works because you have your aesthetic and it just works together. So, um, and I was living in workout clothes, you know, I was training people from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., you know, four, five, six days a week, you know, all the time. And I needed stuff that also took me from, you know, a meeting at Soul House to lunch with a friend to training a couple sessions to getting a drink. And I wanted to feel comfortable doing all those things, maybe like changing one piece here or there for the moment, but I wanted something that was functional as the actual product, but also functional in like a social presence. So that reminded me of, um, I think I, I read a write-up that said something about people who with tattoos, it was built for, for people like that as well. Was that a real write-up or is that just in my mind? <laughs> No, 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 totally. I mean, it was like, we got a lot, because me and me, me and the homie, like, definitely have a lot of tattoos, and it's part of our lifestyle and who we are. Like, body art is uh, something we've really been into. But uh, so having a lot of body art, for me, aesthetically, your clothing needs to be a little bit more minimal to kind of find that, that balance. Yeah. Um, and if you're wearing crazy patterns and you have crazy patterns on your body, like, it just becomes really busy. And in some ways, it can be cool and done right, but... Um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted the people underneath the clothing to really speak for the brand and the clothing to act as like an accent and like a nice piece to highlight who they are. And having so much like, you know, having all these tattoos, like I said, uh, it takes a lot of like visual, you know, it takes yeah. away, it takes away, it ends up being a focal point to people, you know, I know how many people come up to me in the first sentence, the first sentence is, hey, something about my tattoos or this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if I have the clothing that kind of minimizes that, it finds that balance between busy and minimal. Yeah. You do a good job in combining those unconventional things with kind of a commercial look a little bit. How do you draw from the big things and create something for yourself? Honestly, when I first did like the scoop tee, you know, that when I first made all the bottoms of my tops, I made in that scoop look. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really a huge thing. There was, it was really hard to find some pieces like that. Maybe you go to Y3 or maybe some other like brands, but it wasn't really like what it is now with ASRB and the cuts and all these brands that come out that have like that, like, look, because it has become more mainstream. I don't want to say I started trends like that, but I feel like I was definitely in the beginning of some of those commercial looks. You did. Um, uh, there was, there was things that I, I remember watching, <clears throat> um, the Olympics funny enough uh what year was that? i'm going to london i think but it was the first time uh i saw heat sealing done because the track uniforms um that nike put out were seamless at the ends they were kind of like a raw cut and then like there was they were they were doing uh laser cutting and heat sealing as opposed to stitching and like traditional folds and i was like wow this is a cool concept obviously i took from nike in a lot of ways but I, like you know I, I liked a lot of things that they were making um but I didn't like the fits or I didn't like the colors or I didn't like the logos or whatever it was, but I was able to take that new concept and kind of translate that into my brand of like the functionality part of it, you know, like, which was these new technologies of laser cutting your fabrics and then of heat sealing your edging and, uh, and, and then making it your own. So I didn't really like pull from a whole lot of big like brands, but I, but I, I liked like you, I like to like dig and find more of like those niche things. I loved Y3, but in the beginning, Y3 was not functional at all. Their stuff was incredible and expensive, but I'd buy a pair of sweats, wash them once and they'd start pilling. And I was just like, I don't want this. I don't want to wash my clothing and then just get little like beads of like fabric coming all over my, like, I don't want stuff to fall apart. I want that real look 
that aesthetic and then have the functionality to back it up so people can actually have it for a while. Yeah. You know? And, you know, doing minimalistic is hard. And if you don't understand that, then you end up with something too busy and loud. Because I remember the beginning of the athletic wear trend and seeing brands experiment with looks and a lot of them didn't stick, you know, but mostly because there was just too much going on. But yours, yours is very consistent. It works when it came out and it works today. And that says a lot compared to what's out there. It's not trying to be something it's not, you know, your way of minimalism leaves room to reinvent the look in more ways than one. Totally. And that was the whole point. I didn't want to look like too much effort. Like, I, again, I wanted this thing to be like timeless. I wanted you to be able to wear this now and wear this in 10 years. And not only does the fabric and the garment look the same, but like the style still kind of works. So I didn't want to be too, I guess, too loud in a sense of like the brand and too obvious to where it was so known for itself that then like I couldn't, and I was pigeonholed to only being one thing. You know, I wanted, I wanted to like expand because who I am as a person like you know i like to like be in a bunch of different worlds i don't like to be like if i get stuck on one thing i'll burn out 100 percent. and that comes that translates to the clothing too if i just kind of do one thing i get over it you know and if i don't kind of keep it moving but like still within the same realm like it's just it just doesn't hold my interest um so having having uh this minimalistic like way about it was i guess the best way to do that so let me ask you this, define athleisure or athletic wear or fitness apparel. Like there's so many names for the same thing. Is there really a difference or is that just kind of the trendy word? Yeah. So, I mean, so athleisure is a new word. Like I remember when it came yeah. out and I would like describe my brand to people and like, oh, it's athleisure. I'd like boil inside a little bit. I just hated <laughs> that word. Like, cause it was just like, you hear athleisure and you think Lululemon or you hear athleisure and you think outdoor voices, or you think these brands that are like, you know, athleisure but not what i wanted to call myself you know um what i want to call it we're trying to do all these different names and how we describe it like movement wear it's like what we kind of like came about because it wasn't just also for athletics like it was for casual experiences too and that's also when like you know people were starting to wear sweatpants out people were wearing these synthetic tops and trying to make you know button downs out of like polyester like different types of like poly stretch blends you know it was like it was kind of like a, a newer thing anyways and it was it was high hybriding um but when it comes to like defining what those are i think it's literally just a, uh yeah a way a way to wear clothing both active and not i think that's kind of really what athleisure really is and that's kind of what we were about to do as well even though i hate the word athleisure that was like our, our mission was to have stuff that you can wear in almost all settings and feel comfortable. Mm, okay. How do you define originality? Let's talk. Uh, originality. What does that mean? To, yeah. What does that mean to you? And how does that process look like for you in that uh, world? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's right? uh, a big question. Uh, individuality. I mean, honestly, like I've at heart always wanted to be like an individual. I've always, since I was little, felt like I've like needed to be seen, as weird as that sounds, you know? And mm. it's harder to be seen when you're a part of the masses. And so whatever it was when it came to like my whole mentality of just kind of being against the grain a little bit or doing things that like people don't do or my circle didn't do or whatever. And like kind of making that left when everyone goes right, you know, like that, that's, that's, that's the originality right there. I feel like that, that's what makes you who you are. And, and don't get me wrong, we're influenced by everything around us, but how you take that influence and then how you make it your own is where that that individuality, that originality comes from. And that's, that's, that's what I've always like appreciated. And, and even though like my like click and like my stellar fam and my whole, my music fan and my whole like circle, we, 
we we take so much from each other and we have so many similar things about ourselves when it comes to music taste, when it comes to the way we dress, when it comes to what we like to do. Um, everyone still is an individual because that's because everyone likes that. Everyone takes to take their little pieces here and there, but create their own self within that, you know, and, and, and being true to what you like and what makes you happy, I think is the best way to do that. Because if you try to like put yourself in places or hang out with people or try things that maybe you don't like, either you learn that that's not the way and you still create your individuality from not liking that, but, or you do, and, and you, you make you you know, mm -hmm. you make yourself. Yeah. 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 So a lot of creating is repurposed influence and ideas. How do you borrow from other art forms to create the product that you've made like physically, but also the, the method that you do things? Because I know Man. dancing, like your, I think one of your latest drop, there's dancers and that community involved now. How did all of those things come together and created what you have now because it's all the stuff that i love i want to develop clothing because i wanted to be it was the easiest way to kind of create a business card for mm -hmm. being a part of these communities that i appreciate you know yeah. um it wasn't about being a designer and being in fashion it was about creating a name for myself and my brand to be involved in these different worlds that i like from dance and music and art and fashion and food and all these all these, all these like things that I wanted to touch. I was like, how do I, how do I be a part of this without dedicating my whole life to dancing or getting my whole life to being a chef or my whole life into like fashion school or um, because again, I like to be in multiple things. So I wanted to create an umbrella brand that housed mm -hmm. all these different worlds that I love. And once again, following those things that you really appreciate will naturally give you a result of that. You know, as long as you kind of stay in somewhat of a lane for what those are, that was that was my motive. My motive was to be around and surround myself with those people. Actually, uh, you probably know this movie. Um, it's the old school. It's like the, the the first movie about like crump and clown dancing called Rise. It's the old. It's the kind of like a documentary kind of movie, but it was like the first time I ever saw crumping and and clown dancing. And uh, my sister and I would be like in the living room, like watching the movie, you know, throwing hits and bangs and just trying to like figure it out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Then, you know, I remember Rod that. Curb came out and yeah. my movies, you know, that like, I was just like, be fast forwarding to all the dance scenes and watching them over and over again. Yeah. Um, I, I take a lot of my like inspiration from like these also works, all these, all these worlds that I'm also talking about are all very like swaggy kind of like spaces, you know, dancers have always had a lot of style. Um, yeah. Athletes have always had a, had a lot of style. Um, musicians have always had a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. I've always appreciated it. Like, they care about how they look and they mm. care about like the functionality behind it too. So yeah. um, it, it just kind of, it just kind of works. Yeah, it just kind yeah. of worked. Did you have a conversation, a journal entry or a realization, something where you were like, I'm not going to try to separate these things. I'm going to try to make it fit into how it's more of this community base that you've built. Because a lot of the times when people are like going into careers or jobs, like they try to compartmentalize things, you know, and like, you can't do this and that, you have to choose that or this, right? You lose a lot of people, but then there's people like you who find their way, I'm gonna make it work. And this is how I'm gonna do it. How did you stick to that? Yeah, I was actually always kind of told that too, like, you gotta dive in, you gotta do this one thing and you really gotta like put everything into it and blah, 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 if you want it to work and this and whatever. And, and first off, I don't like being told what to do. And then second, <laughs> no like, one, second off, yeah, yeah, right? Hold and up. Then, <laughs> then when they like, I don't know, I, just, I wasn't, yeah, I was just, I was just into like, you know, 
different things and I couldn't just stick to like one world and I needed to have multiple things in order to keep myself happy. In order to keep myself happy, it was being a part of these worlds of things that genuinely to my core excited me. You know, when I, when I get a new piece or, or like a, a new sample and I see somebody put it on the mirror and they see them look at themselves up and down, take a left, take a right, that fires me up. When I'm, when I'm on stage and I'm playing a track and I see everybody moving, or I have someone come up after a show and they're like, and they get it, you know, like that's, that's where I, that's where my motivation comes. That's where I thrive. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing and, and stick in like multiple realms because I'm into multiple things. I think it's based on the individual, you know, if you're that yeah. type of person that like, you know, likes yeah. one thing and you're a hundred or nothing and like, that can work for you, but I'm not that. I've for always sure. been like this kind of like consistent, like multifaceted interest, you know? Yeah. It's never been like just one thing all the time because that's just not who I am. Yeah. There's another brand. Have you heard of Kitsune? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you remind me a lot of them because they do like mixes and they do fashion. And so that, how does that process work combining those mediums? So you have like the visual part, tactile part and the auditory part. How, how do you navigate that process? My music taste definitely changed. I mean, I went from, you know, uh, like oldies and rock with my like, family and like reggae and turned into, you know, more like punk rock, pop punk, screamo when I was like in high school and, and then and then got a little, I mean, always into like R&B and hip hop. That's always been kind of consistent. And then electronic music a little bit later in life and then um, now getting more into like house and 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 minimal and you know you know tech and like that mm. whole like it, it naturally like progresses based on what i'm into and same with clothing you know it's it's my taste that really aligns with what i end up doing and that's as like authentic i think as you can be you know is like based on what yeah. you like and what you do and, and just following that process that's going to be the result no matter what now if you try to be something that you're not or try to like do something that just other people are doing because you know that's where the money is or that's mm. where, you know where you think you should be or whatever like the uh, the lack of authenticity will, will like show through, you know? And I think yeah. that's the most important part behind any of this and why anybody wants to fuck with you at all. Anyone wants to like be a part of your brand, be your friend, reach out for you for a podcast, whatever it is. The only reason people do that is because they feel like it's like authentic and they feel like a realness behind all of it. And if you're not true to like those, those tastes of your own, then it's, yeah. not gonna, it's not gonna convey in the product or whatever that product is, you know, it has to be you. Yeah, that takes work. You have to work on that. You know? Oh, bro, it's constant work. It's nothing yeah. that you ever get to an endpoint either, because yeah, we're exactly. Flooded. We're flooded with the world around us, and now obviously with like you know the sponsored ads with Instagram with comparison. Yeah. You know, New York is the city of comparison. It's so mm. hard to like separate yourself from everybody and what's going on in the world, and not let yourself get caught up with what everybody else is doing and, and yeah. trying to find a way that you're like, that's, that, that takes constant practice all the time, every single day, closing Instagram saying, I got to stop looking at this right now or whatever, whatever yeah. it may be, but being true to yourself um, is hard and constant work, you know, yeah. constant work, but How do you, you know what, it plays off. Yeah. How do you, what's your ideal environment to create? What does that look like? My ideal environment to create, I guess also it depends on what I'm creating, you know, okay. but, but um, yeah. honestly, it's like, I think it's more of like a mindset. I'm also like, mm. I'm a night owl. My creative comes out at night. So like, Me too. <laughs> yeah, when everybody's sleeping, that's what I'm building, you know, yeah. like that's just what, whether it's like being out in the presence of like taking in new music to sitting at home, you know, drawing and kind of creating new sketches and new styles 
to just sitting in my own mixer and just practicing some sets that I'm working on. Uh, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's most of the time by myself too. Like I find myself mm-hmm. the most productive when I'm like alone, when I'm like around people and whatever, yeah. if, if those people are also working and we can all kind of like exist in our own ways and still be in the same space, I can also be productive, but I find my most happy place is, is, is like my, 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 my space, my cave, my apartment, my, whatever I have for my workspace, but I also need like the accessibility to just whatever I need. So it usually ends up kind of being my place. That's cool. That's like just, ideal. Yeah, that's cool. That's me. I, earlier this year, I was like, I'm getting a cabin going by myself into the woods and just do art, create Absolutely. art, do stuff. Right. I need that time. Cause I'm the same. And then our jobs are very social. So like, I'll give, you know, I'll be there. I'll, I'm present and everything. And at the end of the night, now I can kind of think about what I need to do. That's, how am I, how am I feeling? Huge yeah. point. Yes. That's a huge point. Like we're like, we're like out giving ourselves all the time, you know, when it comes to like friends or family, and, yeah. I mean, fucking social butterflies. And then and being a trainer, you're just out always giving, giving, giving. And I yeah. cherish those moments that I come home and I have that time, no matter what time I get home, yeah. whether it's nine at night or seven in the morning, I need a couple hours to myself to have myself you know like yeah. I, I need that in order for me to have peace of mind and just like comfort going into the next day yeah. i actually always have this weird thing i always kind of wake up in a, in a weird unmotivated space i've just always been like that my whole life dude same yeah <laughs> it was just like weird like 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 underlying sadness but i just don't really oh. know where it comes from and then my day just kind of like moves in and obviously distraction happens and your life happens and you realize things and whatever and by the end of the night i'm just so juiced that like i'm ready to do my things i don't want tomorrow to come yet you know so yeah and i do things and whatever yeah because we give ourselves so yeah. much you know like i like two other people uh my most time to be creative and to be myself uh for myself is when i'm by myself that's wild man like <laughs> we're one of the same it's very poetic in a way if you think about it <laughs> oh absolutely I, I mean I, i'm not i'm not i don't i don't fight it i know it's yeah how it is. you know I, I i know it's not like yeah it's just it's just how it is it's who yeah. i am it's how my structure works and, and yeah. whether it's whether it's been learned throughout my life and it's become who i am or if it just has been innate in myself whatever it is i just try not to fight it too much and just try to accept that this yeah. This part of me is, is okay, you know? Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about having that self-care so that it's essential for creating, I believe, right? So work and practice takes a creativity toll and can can deplete you from seeing like solutions or results. Uh, so what sorts of sensations does recovery, maintenance, self-care create when you get back to work and start to make stuff? Finding music is a huge thing for me. Like I love just sitting around and digging. I love that because... No matter what mood I'm feeling in, if I find a track, it can it will turn me around instantly. Just that the mm-hmm. first 15 seconds of the track or that first drop or that first vocal, whatever it is, like music is like like my heart. And that like definitely mm-hmm. dictate, dictates like how I'm gonna feel or where I'm gonna be. When it comes also to like the way I take care of myself, the other side is obviously I do exercise and I and it's and physically, it gives me that output. Unfortunately, training for so long and, and really putting myself, that's probably the one thing I probably put myself in more than anything else because the money's so lucrative out here in New York and it's just so easy to say yes when people want to train with you. And it's just like, yeah. before you know it, you're working these hours, you're barely sleeping or whatever. But it got to a point where I was just like, man, last thing I want to do and the two hour break is go pick up some weights for myself. You know, I'm not trying to work. I'm just training everybody and like, 
you know, I was just, it was burning me out. So even though fitness has always been like that, that, that release for me, physicality, like mentally, it's been a little bit harder to get that release from. But even when I get through my exercise, that self-care, that what I did, it still feeds to my recovery. Um, I, 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 I enjoy like, I enjoy like watching football, like soccer. Uh, I enjoy watching like movies. I, I do, I do enjoy visuals in general, you know? So like sitting back, listening to music, having someone on TV, having my own space, eating some good food. Like that's, that's how I find that balance and that recovery for who I am. Mm. So when you come back to like make something, do you go off a vibe or a feeling when you hear music? Like how did you find music to tell a story for you? inspiration comes in weird ways yeah. you know like inspiration is kind of like never really planned either like, don't get me wrong you put yourself in worlds to where that mm. inspiration will naturally come you know like you yeah. know you go to a show that you know you really want to see and then you get motivated because you know yeah. Shazam three tracks three tracks and it brings you on this like rabbit hole of like you know a new playlist of 150 whatever but um yeah I think that the inspiration really comes from kind of what you're doing really and like how mm-hmm. and, and like that's that's how I, I how I develop new things or like it, whether, whether it's something I'm watching if it's an old film that I like some styling from it or and I'm and I, again going back to my like lack of planning you know <laughs> I if something happens um I gotta do it like right then you know like if I like yeah saw a piece I really like I'll take a screenshot and I'll draw it up while I'm doing it or if I find a track that I really like in a new like realm of music I'll like look up a bunch of music within that world and that'll that'll stick to that space but yeah I think I'm I'm really situational that like Mm -hmm. whatever I come and develop or like whatever I get back into and create comes from what I'm going through or where I am at that moment or what I or the, the the decisions I make to bring myself to a point that then I get inspired to create something so it is and that's just why i also have i think also so many different tastes because i try to put myself in a bunch of different worlds hang out with a bunch of different people and become inspired by a bunch of different things when did you start doing djing so really i honestly only started like playing like publicly maybe three months before covid so i got my first i got my first mixer maybe about a year before that um my first controller and uh just kind of started like you know mess around a little bit download some music that I kind of already had, create my Serato like folders, work in the record box a little bit, have some DJ homies kind of come through and shows me a little bit of ones and twos and just trying to understand mm. like how it happened. And then, uh, you know, just falling in love with it, you end up doing it all the time. You end up keep working at it. And so um, it just kind of all throughout COVID gave me a lot of time to like build mm. and um, don't get me wrong, but the, the, the good like few months before that I was, playing publicly i played my first show at, at gospel here in soho which is an amazing mm. venue that like Ooh. i mean that's been my first show was amazing and i got put on by my friend julio who's an amazing artist who's been around forever and been a great mentor for me along the whole process too um <clears throat> but all my homies were spinning too you know like they were all in this like world so i naturally you take from those people like full circle from where we were talking in the beginning you know like where you put yourself is kind of what you end up doing and if you're you're not going to hang out and do things with people you don't like, or you shouldn't, you know, if you do, then, you know, then you're already up a creek. But like, if not, you know, like you hang out with the people that like you like and that you do. And naturally you take those things. And so even though like I'm taking these things of being a DJ and and doing that, I, I I still created my individuality with like the type of music that I play, you know, like I'm still able to find my own self with that. But, um, 
it was my it was my surroundings it was my community that that pushed me to have that motivation to do it yeah that was a very good use of your time last year yeah that's pretty cool absolutely and i mean i was home i was back in arizona i'm not distracted by you know fomo everything that's going on because everybody's pretty much stuck you know for the whole last year this like whole time has been this whole last year of covid has been a blessing you know my like i said my sister's had her kid uh our parents are getting older you know it was just a it was a moment in time that i don't think anyone's gonna ever really get again you know and and personally i was back you know, i stayed with my pops for you know a couple months just to be back there i got to experience the first six months of my niece's life and yeah. um and, and along the whole way i'm just working on music and just downloading and practicing this craft of this new thing that i just love doing and now that the red ribbon is cut man it's crazy new york I, is, I mean the whole world is alive right now but new yeah. york has just been going off that's why my voice is kind of gone right now anyways <laughs> because it's just been non-stop bro. you have i've been uh, yeah i've seen you play and you're like he's out there we're out there bro we outside good. <laughs> here bro we outside i know right I, I mean that's that's exciting for the things that are your creative process after last year and then going back and everything's opening up it's, it'll be exciting to see what that looks like for you excited bro it's so exciting uh how did the francis mcdormand get involved that was, I wanted to ask you about that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, being in New York, bro, I'm telling you, like, you, it's stepping outside, you never know really what's going to happen. And uh, funny story, maybe about, yeah, I couldn't even give you a timeline, long time ago, um, I was walking on the Upper West Side past this little street where a store called West. I was walking with my girlfriend at the time. And I was wearing a stellar tank, one of the prototypes of like, I never saw the blue ones. We made these like really vibrant blue ones, mm, only a few yeah. pieces. And uh, I already had, you know, my, my arms pretty sleeved up at the time. And I'm walking past this store. And one of the guys there um, who started this run club, who kind of works in some brands and does some marketing stuff, who I knew um, and met a couple of times, had been, had been standing outside with a buddy. I see him and, you know, I, I give him a what's up and his friends that he was with came up to me and he's like, bro, I love your tattoos. I love like the shirt, you know, like my name is Pedro, blah, 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 whatever. And uh, it turns out, you know, he's like, I throw these like parties at like my, my, my house and my apartment, you should come through for a dinner. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And then about a year kind of came through. We, we just kind of nothing really happened. Uh, he reached out again. Um, we went over for a dinner, watched a flick. Uh, turns out it was Francis and Joel's son. <laughs> um, wow. So Pedro, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so amazing human, dear friend of mine, also like my like little brother. Um, we just kind of linked, you know, we had similar taste in, in fitness and clothing and tattoos. And uh, he lived literally blocks away from where I was living. So we kind of started kicking it like on a regular basis. And then before you knew it, he was, he's a lot younger than us. So like he, uh, he was kind of getting ready to move out and do his thing. And I had an extra room in my space. So he actually moved into my apartment and they got really involved with the brand and was really like excited about, you know, coming up with this new concept or like kind of being a part of something, you know, and we had yeah. like, pretty established crew and our team and we're all very welcoming and he just he fit right in you know um and so from that it just kind of like blended into you know utilizing our network and she loved our clothing and she's always kind of had a a great sense of style and um she's always been into like that unisex kind of look too and also i'd be wearing pieces or pedro would be wearing pieces or whatever and she's just like i want to do stuff i want to do this like can i come shoot for you guys and blah 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 and uh one thing led to another and she just came into the shoe for a collection for us 
That sounds yeah. like a fun day. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. We came in and did a bunch of stills. And the best part about it at the end of that. So we came in for like two hours, had a couple of dancers in there and we shot, we got amazing fire photos. And at the end of it, she's like, can you put this song on real quick? And she put on Lowrider and I, mm. I played on the track and she just <laughs> went off and just started dancing. And we like, oh, camera's on, you know? Just hey, hey. She just owns the room and she's so That's natural. Cool. And she was just like such a good energy and such a pro, you know, such a pro. Yeah. And I was just so honored to be able to let her like do that for us, you know, yeah. and, and be able to, it was a moment, bro. A moment. Yeah. It's, it's a testament to your clothing because like you said, it just transcends what you think it should be. You know, like for totally. her to be in the clothes, it's so dynamic that way. That's pretty cool. Your whole aesthetic. Like, again, it's about the individual, you know? Like the yeah, exactly. It's very obvious, you know? It's very like, like all oh, that stellar or whatever. Like you can yeah. tell like, that brand is that, but it's the people who wear it that really like show the brand and show what the brand's really about, which is about yeah. so many different worlds, you know? Which yeah, is, like yeah, how, like how much time when people ask about your brand, it's like, how much time do you have? Because like you said, there's just all these stories that contribute to and it. the brand yeah and the brand is and again even though the clothing is like uh what people can like signify yeah, ground brand, yourself like my, yeah my brand is like way bigger you know my yeah. brand is 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 my brand is me getting up getting dressed and walking outside my front door and how i convey myself to the world or the world the circles that i move in the music that i play the the, the clothing that i make the style that i work out whatever yeah. it is it's all part and everybody's like that you know everybody's kind of subconsciously creating their own brand yeah. you know yeah. and, and 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 being more in tune with that at an earlier state is only going to benefit you and knowing that you know, you're, you, you are, you're, you, and yeah. you're, you're an individual and you're building your brand throughout your life. And if you have that in kind of the back of your head, it makes it more exciting. Makes yeah. It more fun. It's very genuine because you're not, you yeah, might be doing genuine. different things, but you're genuine in all those different things and you're, you're consistent with it, which is exactly. why it feels like anyone can wear it. And, and just keep moving, just keep taking those steps, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it and, and as long as you like it, you know, if you don't like it, that's different. Then you change and it's okay to do that. It's okay to like not be into something anymore. It's okay to have a shift in your life. Like yeah. once once you're fighting that, it's like we talk about drugs a little bit, but it's like a bad drug drug <laughs> trip, you know. Like if you like if, if you're trying to fight being high or trying to fight something that's going on, you're not gonna enjoy it, you know. You're not gonna you're gonna freak out or you're gonna have a bad experience. You yeah. can embrace what's going on and what you're doing, you let go and then you just it becomes authentic. It becomes natural. That's cool. So last year, did you start a company called BIA or BIA? Was it like a mixture okay. of things? So BIA was uh, developed by a good friend of mine, Eldon Kerr, and he started this concept. He was a he was a fighter. He uh, he's Israeli. He taught Krav Maga, and like he's just an amazing soul. Also, oh. vibes with music. You know big burner when burning man like i don't know how many Ooh, years cool. but also like was you know we, we, we vibed in a lot of different like worlds but fitness was the first one in boxing too so I, I mean i boxed when i was younger back in arizona um and i did martial arts when i was younger and i've always had that kind of like you know even even my fashion is is pulled from martial arts like i mean when Kung Fu movies would come out or any Jackie Chan, Jet Li, I took a lot of my concepts and my design from that Japanese lifestyle or that, that, mm. that martial art kind of aesthetic. Mm. Um, but fast forward, um, <clears throat> Bia was developed 
uh, as a like low impact uh, exercise class that each person kind of had their own space from uh, a spin bike to some resistance bands and a heavy bag. And everyone kind of had their, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a class, but I, I wouldn't say it was like most of the classes that was out. It was hybriding a few of them, but it also was about you finding your own strength. It was about that individuality, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, I mean, yes, we had a community of people, but it was about within that class, you have an hour, 50 minutes, whatever it is for you to like handle, separate yourself from New York, separate yourself from your life, from whatever it is, have that time for yourself and, and, and own it. Um, and then, so when I was approached by the concept and they, you know, represented it that way, and I came in for like a, a demo class actually, shows the connections and why networking in New York is so awesome. My mm-hmm. mentor from bartending, this guy, uh, Rain Love, he, amazing bartender. He's been in the game out here forever, wrote cocktail lists all over, got into operations. Uh, he ran the whole beverage program for the standard. Um, oh, and we kind of, oh. uh, we lost contact for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And he reached out kind of out of nowhere. and was like, hey, I'm part of this new concept. And he knew that I was in fitness. And he knew that I went from bartending into personal training. He's like, come through, check out this class. See if you like it, give us some feedback. And I went uh, to a class, liked it, and uh, they're like, hey, we're actually looking for some instructors. Is this something you'd be into? And naturally, I was like, ah, I was kind of always against classes because I was always on with one-on-one training. And I've also, I also never had a trainer myself, and I never really did classes because I just like to go in the gym, have my headphones on, do my thing, mm-hmm. and I know how to work myself, and that was it. So I was like, I don't know. Again, it was, I was faced with that uncomfortable situation mm. of being this performer, being on a stage and doing this. And um, I remember being in Toronto and talking with a friend of mine and I was just like, do I do this or whatever? And, and they're like, like, why not? Like put yourself in that space. And of course, like it clicked again. All right, let me do this. Let me, let me, let me try something new and see where it takes me. So I ended up coming back to the city. I did an audition. Um, I was able to play my own music, which was incredible. So it kind of combined like this performance aspect that I haven't had probably since like cheer days. I actually wasn't even spinning publicly at that time, but like I had this presence that I could like give to the people of like energy. And I also got to kind of DJ, I was making mixes per class, you know? So I like, it was my music. I was able to talk about something that I was very comfortable with, which is fitness. I'd already been training for like seven years at this point, eight years. And, uh, it just kind of like made this perfect storm. Uh, aside from that, Bio also like the people behind it, like the aesthetic behind it, the the space in itself. It was just exactly like something that I was like, I felt that was authentic to who I was. You know, mm-hmm. that's why another reason that I think that it, it worked in, in the beginning. I mean, it was very unfortunate that, you know, COVID happened and some other issues and why they're not open anymore. But uh, right after my first audition, um, they brought me on as an instructor and I started teaching some classes, bringing in all my homies. And, and then they saw that like this traction was becoming behind my class. And then uh, they offered me the, business, the fitness director position there. And so now I had ownership in it. You know, I had mm-hmm. real like, it was, it was partially mine too, you know, yeah. with that comes, you know, that, uh, that desire to just make it the best that they can. They wanted me to come in and, and build and merch for the whole collection and for the whole space. And they, they were from throwing to parties. We had Richie Akiva behind it. So like they had this kind of club feel to it also, but we had real fighters also who were founders. And it was just, it was, just, it was, it was kind of like what I'm doing with my life, just in a one space 
kind of venue, you know, like they, they cared about music, they cared about aesthetic, they cared about clothing and um, they cared about community. And then I saw the opportunity to almost bring what I want to do into that, which is more exciting than all of it. Yeah. So with that, I, 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 I dove in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was definitely your style. Like when I, when yeah. I saw you promote it, I was like, that that's very on brand for you. Like it, it was very, very cool. on brand. And that's yeah. why it was so easy for me to jump in. The whole concept was super on brand. The people were super welcoming. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw like the actual venue, but it was just, it was such a sweet place. And it was, a, yeah. it was something different for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Situation. I need something different in my life. You know, I need that to keep myself excited, motivated, and just like happy. Yeah. It feels the way you describe things feels very like a flow of love and what you're trying to create, which is very cool. So how do you think you conceptualize that to have the freedom to not have that fear of failure, even if you do fail? Yeah, man, I can't say I don't have the fear of failure because I definitely still do, you know, like mm-hmm. I definitely like, we always like, you know, always battling this like subconscious or even, you know, just like, you know, do I do this? Do I not do this? Do I, you know, do I yeah. up? Do I keep working? Whatever. Am I going too long on this idea? Is mm-hmm. it going to work? Like our whole community of like friends is really based on like a, like a crazy love. Like really, like we have like so much of like a friendship and bond and a space where we all feel comfortable and we all support each other. And uh, that's kind of what keeps it going. The, the fear of failure again is always there but I guess also as you get a little bit older you start to care a little bit less um yeah I've always you know like to think that you know it doesn't matter what people say and blah 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 but you know it's, it's wrong it always matters a little bit you know in some way your subconscious is gonna yeah. act towards you know information that you're getting from other people um what was one of those moments for you where you that's you remember that kind of fear of all these different outcomes that could happen and how did you get yourself out of that? Is there something that stands out? Probably even honestly jumping into instructing because that was I was really mm. like I was separating myself from uh, personal training. I was kind of putting my one on ones to the side because I was going to be coming on as a as a fitness director for this space and being full time and rocking out with a new company and it was taking everything you know and, and yeah. putting a like like saying goodbye to this very comfortable amount of money that i was making you know when it came to and then this clientele that i've been working with forever and this this studio space that was so good to me you know along the process but like venturing into a, a, a new world kind of within the same realm but definitely very different that was one of those spots that was like oh shit like this is is this, did I do the right thing, you know? And then on top of it, you know, there were some issues within the company and then COVID happened. I'm just like, holy, like, what am I doing? You know, like, what do I do now? And being able to kind of like, let that go and and, and trust the process and trust the universe of what's going to be happening was like the only thing I really could do and focus on, you know, my family time and, and my music and the stuff that just really mattered, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. So where are you now? What's the, uh, uh, what is, what's in, in store for the future? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of it, right? It's part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, we've got a bunch of fun stuff going on. I mean, like I said, New York's alive. And I can like, be a little consistent with, uh, with doing things, whatever they may be, as long as the realms are like stuff I appreciate. So um, I've been working with, uh, with Julio the Hooligan a lot with what's going on. Um, mm. He developed this uh, company called Room Service International, which is like this philanthropical uh, DJ collective that you know gives back to communal spaces 
worldwide. Um, mm. I, what was another thing? I have so many boys and so many friends that are just doing things. So like being a part of all these things, we kind of all kind of do together. And yeah. it's huge. My boy Joshua Lang down in Philly is just making the craziest moves down there. Philly is going off and my boy is one of the heads behind it. And it's great. It's beautiful to watch. Mm. Um, out here, I work with this great company called Mikasa that has this production studio. And we kind of started this uh, this block party out here because again, everyone's outside, everyone's trying to do this. Yeah. But it's again, a free party that's very open, communal based, uh, love, multiracial, like every, just, just bringing the, the city and love back together. So that's I got cool. stuff going on with like music through my friends kind of in different spaces out here. Uh, I'm making some clothing here and there. Like I'm doing some, yeah. some other pieces. I'm making some stuff. I'm actually working on a, on a new concept also. So I got some some stuff in the works and I, I'm going to be creating some own uh, personal brand stuff too. Because even though I have seller um, and, you know, I work with Bia and I have my personal training business and, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, my individual brand is something that I'm working on now. Max Shannon is going to be like a little bit more of like an obvious brand than just like cool. my DJ space. So yeah. I'm working on that right now um and then wow. consistently just trying to find my happiness bro that's it just just mm. keep pre pressing with like my daily appreciating life like this whole COVID has really taught myself to even though it's great to have all these ideas and to keep hustling and keep doing all these things like you gotta sit back you gotta sit back and like be okay like really yeah. enjoying the process sitting up yeah. smelling the flowers a little bit because I've been out here like almost 13 years now and it wasn't until the last like two years I feel like I've really like lived in New York you know it's always been head down get that money make this do this go to this party do this and it's been great and fun yeah. but being okay just chilling being okay just like not doing anything and just enjoying whatever it is yeah. that's where you are you know that's that's huge huge can you share a little bit of how you are distinguishing the Max Shannon brand from Stellar like what was that decision to create that because that's bold, right? Like now it's your name. It's who yeah, you are, yeah. right? So how did that so start? It, 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 this is, you know, low key. This is like, this is what we're doing right now. I'm kind of in like the works and, and I'm not, I'm definitely not established it yet, but I'm building. Yeah. Um, honestly, it kind of came from like this, this DJ presence that I've really taken on. Um, finding like uh, I, 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 my brand stellar, um, I love and it's going to keep going and it's something that I'm behind, but with that also styles change and think, i also like to wear different things and i also like to not be you know it's expensive it's very very expensive to have start a clothing company you know mm -hmm. um, yes. and to keep it going it's not it's, a lot survived it's, yeah yeah it's a lot and yeah. so um as opposed to you know continuing to like dump and do all these collections and i decided that like even though i'm gonna consistently like work lightly on it i want to do something that's also more personal driven you know i want to i want to get myself out there more um and especially like i said with being in this dj world and trying to create my own sound my own voice my own space in that world and even though stellar is mine there's a lot it's a big community thing there's a lot of people around it and i want to find a way just also once again find that individuality and separate myself from it a little bit mm. because it has become a big communal thing that yeah. once again i just still want to have my own thing so um, that, that's kind of where Max Shannon is really kind of coming from. But cool. um, yeah, more to come. I like that. So what would you leave the listener with in terms of the creative process and getting to where you are now? I mean, I know I've said a hundred times, yeah. but like, that was so cheesy, but like literally doing like what you love because 
that's the only way you're going to be able to keep rocking it and like be successful and, and, and being okay, knowing that your taste changes, your circles change, your living situation changes, whatever it is, your world is consistently changing and you have to be able to adapt with it. You know, if you're, if you get caught up in like, like the, the negativity behind it and like you let it kind of bring you down, it's just gonna, there's just no progress that's gonna come from yourself. So like being okay with like the movement of the water around you with your friends, your family, your life. Um, but, but just being consistent and just kind of like knowing that everything is a learning experience, everything, good, bad, everything in, in between. And as long as you're true to yourself and authentic, the rest of the world's gonna come and see it, you know, and appreciate it, you know, finding yeah. that community and finding those people around you is like so important to, to who you are, embrace it all, you know, embrace yeah. it all. And then from there and take what you want and what you don't, you forget and you keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've said this before in the past, things are cheesy and cliche for a reason, because it's true. It, it takes love to do things. And you think about everything we just talked about, and it all comes from there. That was another reason for me starting the podcast and calling it this undefined because, you know, when you when you ask somebody how to define something, you're asking their life story in a way, right? Indirectly, because it's it's so many things that have happened that led them to believe how they define certain things. And so this podcast is kind of, I'm hoping that it serves that purpose. And especially in this day and age, like there's there's so much friction and this side and that side. And, and, and this is what this means. No, this is what that means. And it's like, there's a common thread in there. And so if you just ask somebody, like, how do you define something? You start to hear their story. And then it's hard to not understand how you can either help that person or how they, how you can empathize with them. And then you kind of come together and then you're, you agree on like that sameness that you do share and not the difference, yeah. but like the, yeah. the same. Right. Yeah. When you first told me like a little description of, of the podcast, I was just like, you know, it's about like, you know, creatives and, the, and how we're, how we kind of like, you know, move through like the waters of our life and get to a certain point. I was like, bro, this is like, yeah. I love this. Like, I love yeah. this concept, you know, like I, I, that's why I was so pumped to do it because I feel like I do have so much to speak on it. Cause you know, my dad and I always kind of talk about this. My dad also is just like a success based on, you know, situations, you know, and moving in the right waters. And we always kind of talk sometimes, we almost feel like a little bit of a fraud sometimes, you know, because you feel like, um, like you're to a place, you're like, did I really like earn where I am right now, you know, but yeah. like the decisions that we've made as opportunists and moving along those, 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 those doorways in, in a way that's got you to where you are, like, you can't, you can't discredit any of that, yeah. you know, you can't, it's just, it's, it's just, everyone has their own story. It's yeah. wild, bro. It's fucking wild. It's so wild. How does the city feel? Are you back in New York? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How, how does, cause you said like it's open. So what have you seen? Does it feel like people are still. Everybody's fired up. Bro. Really Everybody good. is That's ready great. to go. And like places are packed. Like there's still yeah. a bunch of outdoor dining. Summer's in full effect. Even about like the summers in New York, a lot of people like go out East or go places or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. People are staying here because they just know that it's the first summer back and it's like legendary, you know, yeah. because everyone's been like in the cut for so long that like, who really knows what's to happen? Like everybody's throwing parties. There's so much stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, it's New York too, so yeah. everybody's here. Yeah, I love New York. I never lived yeah. there. I've always wanted to. The way kind of life played out didn't end up happening, but I will one one day <laughs> uh, before I get Come older. Come visit, bro. Let's start yeah. there. Come visit, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I always try to go as much as I can. But one thing during the whole pandemic thing, 
people were like, man, New York's not going to be the same. But I'm like, it's never the same. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. And so when people oh, don't well realize put, that, I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand New York. Well right? No, yeah, of course. It's never the same. Of course. And that's, 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 what, that's why people love it. Because it's constantly shifting, constantly moving or whatever. But yeah. on top of it, like, nothing is the same right now. Anywhere. Again, and if you, again, you don't want it to be the same. You know? Oh. It's, it's more beautiful now than it ever was. And, and, yeah. and, like, and, and, and everyone out here is so supportive right now. And everybody yeah. is, is, is into the movement, you know? Which yeah. is, like, such a beautiful thing. It's always been super competitive here. And yeah. I'll say it's not anymore. It's still competitive. That's what keeps mm -hmm. the edge for sure. But there's a different way that people are looking and like that whole like love concept that like I've kind of made my life based on and my people, whatever is, is so much more obvious now in this world. Everybody yeah. is open arms as opposed to like sunglasses on, you know? Where are you living in New York? I'm in, I'm in East Village. Oh, okay. I'm in East Village, which is I've kind of bounced around. I started off in Williamsburg when I first moved out here. And I went up to Harlem and then I was in the Upper West Side and I've been in East Village for like the past like three years. Love yeah. it. The neighborhood is great. Everybody's out and about. Like, again, it's like neighborhoody, you know, it's not mm. like, you know, it's not crazy, like like side eye or like Midtown. It's, yeah. I walk, I have my local bar where I play pool all the time. I know what, I, mean, I was just walking around. Every day I walk around, like I'll walk around the city and I'll run into multiple people just out of nowhere. New York's a small space, you know, it yeah. really is. Um, with how big and crazy it seems, there's a there's a really like dope community out here. Yeah. Do you see yourself staying in New York? Do you want to live I anywhere else? I will always have a place in New York. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a beach baby. Like I love okay. the water, and I don't get enough of that out here. Um, I love the other like lifestyle. I've always loved California. I definitely love like a different pace of life. But New York is like I've my roots are here. Yeah. I, I, I've sunk my teeth in and I'm, I'm, I, I can't let go of it. It's, it's too beautiful of a place. There's too much like going on, food, family, experience, yeah. the whole thing. New York is just a beautiful, beautiful space. Place, yeah. I mean, will I mean, will I go overseas? I, I don't know. I have, I have some interest. I have some things, a place that I want to be, but like yeah. I said, I'll always, I'll always have a place here in New York. Yeah. That takes, that makes you a New Yorker, right? Like 10 years, right? I think that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they say about 10 years. <laughs> Actually, at our 10 year, at our 10 year, my 10 year anniversary, we threw our first stellar live event. Ooh, and our stellar live right. event was this thing at uh, this beautiful place in, in Bushwick called AP Cafe. And we brought in, it was our first way to really like show who we are as a movement artist brand and not necessarily mm. just a clothing company. Um, we brought in, you know, a tattoo artist, we brought in a mixologist, we brought in three musical performances, we brought in three dance performances, we brought in uh, uh, a custom shoe painter, we brought in like all these different like cool. movement artists that we yeah. outfitted and just had a banger. We had such an like, wow. amazing experience. Actually, that was my 10 year mark right there. Oh, cool. New York, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Me and like three of the homies, we all got it. Mm. And what better way to like, you know, get tattoos is through offering something of yourself and then you can just have that like you know yeah which is huge because that's, that's cool. expensive you know they get expensive <laughs> yeah um are you getting any more pieces done like are you gonna get yeah yeah yeah, yeah? yeah. um so shout out jeb make amazing amazing artist and a really dear friend of mine um we actually started i found him because i wanted to do this like uh tibetan sacred sacred geometry kind of concept and he just like dude i got it i love it and i got it so he helped me to sign my left arm uh and then him and i like during that relationship he like knew that i was in fitness and back to this again he's like i mm -hmm. want to get in shape and i want to do this and whatever and so then we started working together so i started training him 
oh. the rock trade out. But, but yeah, so like we're 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 working we're working constantly. Like I I, I probably get tattooed every couple of weeks. Um, wow. But I'm we're working on my back right now, and yeah, a lot more to come. What kind of tattoo person are you? Instead so of, uh, I do. I mean, I think everyone when they first kind of get tattooed, they start off with like meaning, right? Everyone's got to have yeah. a meaning behind your tattoo, you know. Mm-hmm. And and as, as you should, you're you're putting something on your body for life. Um, I think there's a certain point you get to um, where it turns into like art collecting, and mm. you're just collecting pieces like on your body, um, not necessarily cool. through the story, but you're just kind of collecting. Yeah. And uh, I got to a point where I first, where I first started, I got my first tattoo at like 16. They end up being kind of stamps here and there, and have their meeting. And then I was like, all right, aesthetically, I want more cohesiveness. I want to create more. And again, the more I learned about like the tattoo culture and the people, you naturally naturally just start to think and move more like that person or like that world uh the tattoos like that jeb kind of like started doing in his traditional stuff we just started like creating sleeves and pieces and covering and kind of making all my stamps kind of like tell the same story Mm. and and now we're just now now i have my my look my aesthetic and now we're just building on it that's cool oh man you have tattoos (laughs) i don't and i wish i did yeah (laughs) that's the thing like i'm like i'm not against them I love them. I think they're great. I don't know what yet, so we'll see. I don't yeah, know. what? Well, yeah, yeah. No mm-hmm. rush will come when it does. And again, once it's once you get started, like one thing I'd probably like in hindsight do is have a little bit more of an idea of like what I want my full body to look like at the end, as opposed to I want a tattoo, so I got this, and I want another tattoo, and I got this, and then and then trying to make it all work because yeah, once you're in it, you definitely dive into it. And some mm-hmm. people can get tattoos and kind of chill, but for the most part, once you start getting tattoos, you definitely get multiple. Yeah. Think about the end product a little bit more yeah. before you get started. That's then that's good. That's yeah, because yeah, there's that joke of like you love you know you love tattoos when you start thinking about the next one after you left the artist. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so you're done and you're like, all right, what's the next one? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm at that point now where I'm like, I'm excited because as humans, you don't really like remember pain. You know, in the yeah. moment we do, but you don't yeah. really remember what that pain is like mm. until you sit down in that chair again. <laughs> and that buzzer starts like, God damn it, why am I doing this again? Oh man. But what was the worst for you? Ass cheek. Oh, really? bro, I'm telling you, bro. And you wouldn't think so. You got meat back there. That's what I'm saying. That crazy, <laughs> but bro, the sense of, and everyone's a little bit different. Everyone's got yeah, you know, their own that's sensitivity. But like, honestly, the back of my leg, like my hamstring and my glute was bad. Like my knee was fine. My ribs weren't too bad. Yeah, too tush. <laughs> Where do you go when they have, when there's like too much pain? What is What happens to you? Are you just kind of? music baby music hey. um, i mean it's all about the music like really that puts me in that space i i like to have like a friend or something come through with me jeb is also like like my my, my dearest friend so him and i can like talk through things and and whatever and, and i've gotten to a point like where i see him like so often that we only rock for a few hours at a time we don't do these crazy six seven hour sessions anymore yeah. which is nice knowing that we're going to be done in like two or three hours it's definitely more sustainable ah, yeah very therapeutic very therapeutic and it honestly is you know like i yeah. do enjoy it but but sometimes we will be rocking like i went a couple weeks ago and we did this heavy black spot right on my spine like kind of onto the right of like my like right erector and i was just like fuck dude i just terrible terrible but like you know you go through it and that end result putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation for that greater good at the end what what music are you into right now? What what's on your radar? Um, always yeah. depends on my 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 music is like my cocktails. You know, it's based on my mood. You That's know? cool. It's based on the situation. That's you cool. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but Same. I've been playing a lot. So I've been playing, you know, on a pretty much weekly basis. So my music has been pretty much based around what I've been playing. I love to play house music, house house of all different like realms. I love like yes. heavier house. Like I love like tech house. I even like a little bit more on the tech side. Um, but I like deep house. I like minimal. I love funky, dirty disco and house stuff like that too. Nice. But, but, but like dance music bro i love dance music yeah. that's, that's what i've been listening to not i'm up every night so like 3 a.m just listening because i can't do yeah. it you know <laughs> same are you a dancer too i love it i love yeah. dancing i've always loved dancing i i got he- more heavy into like crump and um and my kind of clown like i guess crump would be the best way to put yeah. it but i was like probably a few years back and spreading myself just a little too thin with all the things that I've been doing. I just haven't been able to rock the studio. I used to dance at too close during the COVID too, which sucks, but um, mm. I'll find another one. But going out. Yeah. I mean, I was just this weekend, bro. I saw, I saw yeah. black coffee in Louis Vega this weekend, cool. Martinez brothers and Mike, Michael BB and like me and my whole group, we just all love to dance. We just want to go out and dance so dude, i'm dancing all the time all the time i saw, I saw you got some videos too i saw you rocking <laughs> you, you've been dancing yeah yeah i do i used to do it with uh, a couple friends and we would like get the uh studio by ourselves and just Same. go just at it out. Yeah. yeah yeah it was funny people would walk by and be like what's going on yeah. i've done that in so long i used to do that all the time i'd rent out a space at ripley ripley greer or whatever and uh just go play some tracks and just have like an hour that was super therapeutic that's to me. cool actually i'm really glad you brought that up i haven't yeah. done that in a long time and i'm, wow. due, I'm due for a session that's definitely. cool yeah definitely yeah. do it it's been great having you on man i could talk for hours for real so I, i'm I watching the so clock i, I can keep going too. <laughs> i'm like i'm watching the clock Bro, but but no yeah Incredible. This has been so good, man. I really appreciate chatting with you. You're an awesome human, dude. And I just, thanks for reaching out. There's been people that I've been wanting to have. Like, I'm like, I want to see if I can have them on. I'm going to just shoot my shot. I'm fine either way, you know, regardless. I'm telling you, bro, uh, that's that's how you do it, though. That's why you are who you are. And that's why we're having this conversation right now. Because I'm just like that. You have to shoot your shot. Well, if you don't, whatever. There's there's no chance of any opportunity if you don't try to create something, you know, if you don't put yourself out there. Like, you don't step out. If I'm going to stay inside all day, it's because I actually need it. Nothing's going to happen if I don't pull myself outside, you know, or not conceptually. You know, you have to be in it. You have to be in it to get any sort of benefit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I really appreciate you. Like doing this whole podcast has been a very interesting experience, navigating a conversation, but getting questions in, editing, promoting it or. Of course. Like, of course. I'm like, You're damn, this is venture. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was, I guess that was my thing during COVID last year, working on that. Cause more to it than what you think it is, but it's fun. I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's been a well, good I love process. The concept. I mean, you're a great human, bro. And I, dude, this Thanks. has been amazing. This has been amazing. And, and feel free to reach out, podcast aside, like whenever you need anything, you want to come to the city and visit, Ooh, you want some thanks. ideas about whatever, just please, dude, open yeah. arms, bro. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I go to New York, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up. 100. We're gonna party. Yeah. I promise a good time. Yeah. 100, bro. You bring yourself out here we'll have a blast yeah i'd love to have you on more often maybe talk about different things within like the arts or creatives we'll or even like progress along the way yeah like, yeah let me yeah. know bro i also have a bunch of homies too that obviously are in that same realm so tell you this you got to create that opportunity and then it's just gonna come stick with it man stick with it i know i have to remind myself a lot of that man because it's kind of it's it's a little bit of a lonely road in terms of like what you want to happen you know uh because like to conceptualize that and put it on paper and like try to explain it everything that i'm doing right now is sort of my vision 
of what it will look like because nobody else gets it until it's done, right? And you and have so, to have prototypes. You have to yeah, have exactly. You yeah. have to like, there's no, like I said back in the beginning, there's no A and B, you know, or else it's not yeah. authentic, it's not real. You yeah. need to see this whole thing build and grow and move and find what works and what doesn't in order yeah. to get something authentic and real and good at the end, you know? Yeah. Like when I started the podcast, the production was not there. <laughs> I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about it too much, record. And then we started yeah. the first four episodes are pretty much like just getting used to being on a podcast. <laughs> In general sure. so i had people like some of my friends and like we kind of talked through different topics and stuff and then then sort of it started to evolve and now i got my a buddy of mine to do the the music for it and then i got Everything. booking people going back and forth like all that stuff started to be like whoa now i'm actually in it now like this is a, this is a little different now and i love that process of what's happening because it's it's I want people to see that. Like, if you listen to the first one, it's not where we are today. And the yeah, way yeah, I've yeah. the way I've structured it, there's a method for those who end up kind of following me in that way. Those topics will lead to a certain outcome at the very end. So I don't know how I don't know how long this is gonna last, but yeah, you, and you don't right? and you don't know. That's the exciting part too. That's like that's 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 a positive. That's not like a, a hindrance. You know, like have have knowing not knowing where's to come is like yeah. the most beautiful part about it. Because like right now love this part bro this is this is the walk this is the yeah. walk that you're gonna be able to when you get when, when you rock out and you tell about the story of this podcast and now this whole story of where you yeah. are in four years you know this is what you're going to be talking about so like yeah. really like sit back enjoy it and just you yeah. appreciate the, these moments right now this day this life this is all yeah beautiful, bro. i look back i also am looking at it kind of as a time capsule yeah and that's what i want to do like i want to look back in my life and like oh yeah i did this podcast and then pop it up this is what happened during that time or for you, you did Stellar. Oh, this is what I did during this time. Now I'm doing Max Shannon or now in the yeah. future or whatever that looks like. So it's like, it's pretty Not cool. Not too wild. Like, I mean, people like deleting stuff off their Instagram and whatever. I don't really get it. I mean, even like X's and shit and whatever. I just don't delete stuff because yeah. it's like this like real, it's my whole progression. It's my whole life. It's my photo album. I'm not making photo on the albums like my parents used to anymore. Like I'm using Instagram, you know, and yes. I'm, I'm, I'm watching my journey along the whole way. And, um, and it's all equally important throughout the whole time to develop sure. where you are, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, man. Well, I'll let you go so that way you can get your things done, get your recovery in. <laughs> yeah, bro. I appreciate it, bro. Isaac, amazing talking to you, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, like I said, reach out whenever. I will. I will. And man, yeah, thanks for the conversation, man. This is, it blew my mind with how much I relate to you, bro. Like, you're like my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, I love that, bro. I love that. You're cool, man. You're real, man. You're real. Day you're real. Day, homie. Literally, just, I love talking to fucking real ones. And I can already tell, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. Okay, cool. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, let me know what's going on with everything, editing, all that. And, yeah. You know, I'll send you the, right, I'll homie. keep you updated. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, right, man. Y'all have a great day, G. You too. Later, man. Later. Love. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com and follow us on Instagram at thekilosproject. Till next time, train, recover, create.